So whatever they need, we have that curriculum. But if we see something that needs to be altered in that year, we definitely do it. We have professionals that come in all year long and train in those different areas because, yes, we want them to be the best they can be, but we don't know everything about everything. So we make sure professionals are hired Mm -hmm. to do these programs. And then we do programs outside. We've taken them to New York. We've taken them to dinner. We've had etiquette programs. So we want to make sure that whatever rooms they're sitting in, that they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. They may start out uncomfortable, but when they leave the program, they can go into any room and represent themselves without feeling that they don't belong. Welcome to Black Addict, the next adventures with Gail and Tia. I'm Tia Price. I'm Gail Brown. And welcome to today's episode. Gail, how is it going this week? It's been going pretty good. You know what? I had one thing happen that kind of has been bothering me. You know, it's always important to be a, show your best self and be a good role model because you never know who's watching, especially our kids, our girls. And Black girls especially. There was an instance where I thought that somebody just thought that they could talk to these girls any kind of way and that they were in a position of authority and they could say whatever they wanted and it didn't matter. And it was disturbing because of how it made the girls feel. They felt less than. They felt like they weren't good enough or they didn't live up to someone else's standards. And I, that bothers me. That bothers me. Yeah. You know, I had a similar experience with my daughter actually recently where she had someone in authority, actually, you know, a woman of color that was supposedly mentoring her, but used some slang words, kind of describe the group, I would say, in a way that you just wouldn't expect, you know, you do have to be careful the words you use and how you are phrasing things mm-hmm. to young women. And I feel like young black women, especially have to fight so many stereotypes. And when we play into it ourselves mm-hmm. and start to mimic some of the things that we see about ourselves upon each other, I think that's the worst. Yeah. Well, our guest today, I think, feels the same way we do. And I'd like to introduce her, uh, Leanna Walcott, who is the CEO of the Chrysalis Project out of my home state of New Jersey. Welcome, Leanna. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Tia. It's an honor to share this time with you guys this evening. Well, we're so glad you're here. So let's just jump right in. But first, tell us a little bit about your professional background, and then we'll get into your nonprofit. My professional background is all finance. I have a degree in business. I have a degree in accounting. I have certification in communications. So everything financial. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And in your career, you worked with kids and developed a passion for making a positive impact with kids. Can you tell us about that? It seems like every summer when I lived in Brooklyn, I um, did some torts in some summer program. And that just kept going. When I got married, I did teaching tennis in Plainfield. I worked with the track and field team. Somehow, I always was in that space. And I always felt that the takeaway was always good. The, it was rewarding. 
the young people, they would see me after the program. Am I going to see you next year? Are you coming back? You know, we enjoyed the program. So that was just a gift that kept on giving for me. So somehow it seemed like I always fell into that space. Mm -hmm. And what would you say was the tipping point for you to start your own nonprofit? I was going to work. I work in Plainfield. I used to work in Plainfield and I was driving down Park Avenue past the high school one day. And I saw these young ladies so out of character that it made me cringe. And, you know, you, I saw that a couple of times and I said, you know what, I can do something about this. It doesn't have to be major, but they say if you help one, you've done your job. So coming out of, I have an organization prior to the Chrysalis Project, just celebrating women ordinary women that do extraordinary things. And when I saw the situation in Plainfield, I already had the organization. And I said, you know what, all these amazing women are in this space. I can get some young ladies to see who they can become, why they can be bigger, why they can be better. They don't have to be in the street fighting. They don't have to be arguing with each other. They don't have to be walking around like they don't know where they're going. And It just happened. Nothing I wanted for with that program. Once I decided I was going to do it, everything just fell into place. When you said they were acting out of character, this incident you witnessed, was that fighting? What was the situation? For me, it was just picking on each other. So, you know, I think that's out of character when you can be, I believe in loving on each other as opposed to picking on each other because someone's sad or someone feel they're bigger or better. I think everyone brings something to the table. But when you see that repeatedly a couple of times a week, you know, at some point, something in my brain said, you know what, you can do something about this. It may not be that situation, but you can have a position where you can have a lot of young ladies coming together and understand the importance of loving on each other. And we are all different. I can respect your differences and you can respect mine. So that was the building block for me to start this organization. Yeah. I was just going to ask one more question. What were the age of these girls? Okay. You know, I always think that kids are acting like who they see on television and some of these reality shows, not all of them, but some of them. And they think it's okay to... Like you said, Lana, act out, yell, scream, fight in public and just show that side. And that's why I was so upset with this woman who, like I said, was supposed to be a mentor. Just talk to them any kind of way. And kids imitate that. They go by what they see and what they know. And so kudos to you for seeing this issue and then doing something about it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So you set up your own nonprofit. Yes, I did. Yes. Tell us about that. Well, when I told my girlfriend that I wanted to do it, the name was the challenge. What are you trying to accomplish and let the name speak for your organization? And I was standing in my backyard. I'll never forget the day. It was nightfall was coming and we're looking at the sky and it's like, what, what can I do? And then somehow a butterfly came to mind. And I said, you know, butterflies, they start out, but when they become who they are, they are so beautiful, so vibrant, so alive. So then, hence the Chrysalis Project was born. Mm -hmm. So we take, we call them, we take these moths 
and we turn them into butterflies. By the time they leave the organization, we want them to be able to just spread their wings, spread the beautiful people that they are into this world and just be the best person they were created to be. So that's the objective. Okay. And what age are the girls who you work with? We get them from ninth grade to Mm -hmm. 12th grade. If some are given to us, we have seventh grade and eighth grade. We don't turn any young ladies away. If someone says, oh, my friend wants to join and she's not in high school as of yet, we don't say no. We just bring them along. And sometimes they thrive so well and they contribute so much. So we are on the process of each one teach one. So even though we, we have about three that's not in high school yet, they do participate. And they, mm-hmm. you know, we don't feel like they are left out. They really right. come and they are part of. So we keep them for four years and then we scholarship, we give them a scholarship when they go off to college and mm-hmm. we follow them through college. They come back every summer, whatever is going on. We, we keep engaged, whatever it is, we are there. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is really amazing. So those four years that you have them, what are you doing during that period with them? The Let's program get- is centered around financial health, health and wellness, the arts, dressing the part in those areas and items do come up. We do have conferences. We do have trips. We train them in all those areas that is part of our mission. And we feed into them and and believe it or not, they feed into us as well. We have this item called one word that they can take with them for the four years. And that one word that they feel speaks to who they are it can change from year to year. So the beginning of the year, that one word, you pick what it is and you speak about it and let it say what that word means to you. And you come back the next year, we've had some young ladies, they say, well, I've grown and my one word has changed. So we watch them grow. They have to tell us what they learned. If they need something that's not on our program, our job is to get it for them. If they have things like they say, we want to learn a little more about communication. We make sure someone comes in that's trained in that area and they would do communication. So whatever they need, we have that curriculum. But if we see something that needs to be altered in that year, we definitely do it. We have professionals that come in all year long and train in those different areas because, yes, we want them to be the best they can be, but we don't know everything about everything. So we make sure professionals are hired Mm -hmm. to do these programs. And then we do programs outside. We've taken them to New York. We've taken them to dinner. We've had etiquette programs. So we want to make sure that whatever rooms they're sitting in, that they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. They may start out uncomfortable, but when they leave the program, they can go into any room and represent themselves without feeling that they don't belong. Which I think is excellent. It's what every girl needs. They need to know that they are worthy They deserve to be heard and they do deserve a seat at the table. Leanna, I attended a couple of your events and I was so impressed. The first one was the white party, the white event. And you had over a hundred beautiful women. We were all dressed in white. It was like a garden party. It was so inspiring. You honored women who are survivors of breast cancer And you also announced the scholarships for some graduating high school seniors. Yes. And it was such an impressive group of young women who were heading off to college and just excited, but had 
the confidence to know that they are worthy and that, you know, they were going to take this next step and be fabulous. And all of them credited you and your program. And it was just amazing. So how do you get the community involved? There were so many women from different areas, different professions. How did you, you know, get them to follow you, to support you? Differently, we have women that have come to the wide event that children are not in the program. Mm-hmm. But when they hear about the program, they say, what can I do? How can I help you? How can I support? We also have a few men that support our programs and have supported it from day one. I also do a black tie event every year. And we, I met someone and when he came to the first black tie, he says, whatever you need, I'm here. So he makes sure that he pays for a table for all the girls to attend the black tie every single year. Have another gentleman that has a male organization. My crush has a male organization and he has, I feel like he's married to the Christmas project. We cannot want for anything. He finds the funding. If sometimes he doesn't even ask if you have the funding, he says, I want to pay for that. So Dr. Rush has been, you know, he has been there because he understands he's done Omega 13 for boys for about 40 years. So he understands the needs of our young African-American boys and girls to be the wanting them to be the best they can be. So we get support from men and women. We have a big golf outing every year and it's just getting bigger and bigger because people, the young ladies speak at the outing. They talk about what they've learned, where they were, where they are. And I mean, it just gives me goosebumps. You know, you're doing because you see the need, but sometimes you don't always hear the full impact mm-hmm. until we make them write an essay on every experience. And more times than not, that is when you hear that full impact of how you've touched them. You know, I have 10 women that they support every month, day in and day out. They're part of the support team, the mentors. But when these young ladies write what they've learned, how they've grown, you know, the people in the community say, I want to be a part of that. I want to help you. I want to support you. So we have what's called friends of the organization. So Mm -hmm. they, some people may be able to support one event and not another. They may be there for, and, you know, so it's been just by people hearing the young ladies, they support us. And I think that tells me that we're doing something right. We're not perfect, but we're doing something right. Now, Leanna, tell us how long have you had this organization? How long has this been going on? When did you start? The Chrysalis Project has been going for seven years. Oh, seven years. Okay, great. And do you see this expanding? I mean, I think this is needed across the U.S., if not across the world. I know definitely (laughs) across the U.S. Do you see this expanding to other states or locations? I would love that. Right now, we are still making sure that we are crossing our T's and dotting our I's in Plainfield, in the state of New Jersey, I should say, because we don't just touch Plainfield. Mm -hmm. And we are growing. I think we are fine-tuning. You start out with a dream and a vision, but you don't have all the pieces. And now I feel that we're really getting all the pieces coming together uh, with people funding us without asking a question or batting an eye. I think the hope is that it can expand at some point. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Gail brought up, I thought was really interesting about the images that our young women see, whether it be on TV or 
social media or how we're portrayed. Have you seen over the course of that seven years a need to adjust or change your content to address some of these things that they may be exposed to? I do. And I I would say, yes, we had a young lady that came out of the program and she graduated and she went to Montclair State and she came to me and she said, I want to mirror the white event because I feel that young ladies, some of them had lost their way during COVID and some of them felt like they didn't belong anywhere. And she mirrored her getting into college, but not going to college, sitting at home. She said this was just hard for her. So she can imagine people, young ladies that are younger. So she did an event in the summer. We funded the whole thing, a mini white event called Reclaiming Your Crown. And, you know, to hear them talk about, you know, the things that they felt they lost during COVID and how they were grateful to come out and get together really was interesting to me. And then we had another situation. A young lady wrote an essay and she talked about, Before she came to the program, she did not appreciate her hair, her short afro. And by the end of the program, she walks in and she's wearing this short afro. But it's not until we read the essay that she wrote that she talked about how the program said allowed her to be who she was created to be and not have to fight and wrestle with figuring out how to fit in. She was good enough. She was bright enough. She was smart enough, beautiful enough, and she didn't have to work. So we listen and we try to keep things in that vein so they can all feel that they're good enough because they all come from different backgrounds, different cultures, but you're still good enough. So we said in in that vein, yes, there's some pivoting that we may have to do and we've done But I think that we are doing what we need to be as role models and mentors to make them feel comfortable and most important to make them feel whole Mm -hmm. when they leave the program. Well, that's great to catch them at an early age to really give them the opportunity to say how they feel and so that they can appreciate who they are and who they were made to be. Because Tia and I have had multiple conversations about (laughs) hair. We had a conversation on the Vibe Tribe. Everybody was commenting on the issue that other people make about our hair. And if you don't have that training, that guidance when you're young, you know, it can really... It may not work so well when you get older and you're in the workplace and people are commenting in negative ways about your hair. Yeah, it can really affect your self-esteem because you Mm -hmm. feel fine, but then you realize others don't feel fine about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times, Gail and I even talk about it. We walk out the house. We're not thinking we're black, we're black, we're black, we're black. We're just walking out the house. (laughs) But someone comes up and makes a comment about your hair or your skin or some kind of side comment. You're like, oh, here we go. This is all that they see. They don't see us, as you mentioned, as a whole or good enough or, you know, wearing a crown even. They don't see us that way sometimes. Not Mm -hmm. everyone, of course, but, you know. We've all had many experiences and maybe not even things people were aware they were saying and might even been inappropriate curiosity, but still can really just be a little scar that you're creating. Yeah. 
Absolutely. 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 We had someone come in that, um, again, a professional therapist that came in and, and she did a seminar with them. And it was basically talking about being vulnerable, talking about friendships, talking about the importance of boundaries, the importance of protecting your space, the importance of being who you are and not being apologetic about it. So that you can see them, you know, their shoulders going back because they say, wow, you know, I get it. Wow, I understand. Wow, I see that I don't have to be somebody I'm not in order to survive. I am good enough. I'm big enough. I'm bold enough. So yeah, we make sure that we cover those things because we know it's real, right? It's something that we go through as adults and imagine the peer pressure. And over the last three years with this COVID, the things that have kind of morphed out of it in terms of you know mental illness and things of that nature, we just constantly try to make sure our young people are whole. And we Though it's just an organization that speaks to their growth, we tell the parents, if there's something outside of what we're doing that you need assistance for, don't hesitate to let us know. It don't have to be broadcast on the World Wide Web, but we are here to support you. We've had young ladies that have had issues that would have put them out of college. And again, Dr. Rush comes to the rescue I'm going to make sure no child is uneducated. So we came together. He came together with us. We made sure we got the funding to get that child back into school. Because again, they may be able to take your car, your keys, but they can't take your education. So it's Mm -hmm. always, how do we keep them in that space that allows them to be fully educated? So yeah, yeah, we keep our thumbs on that situation. Well, I'm glad to hear that you also work with parents because, you know, the child there's so many elements to the child and their development and parents, their teachers, their mentors, they all feed into that and have a role. So when you have a parent who may be struggling for whatever reason, it's fantastic that you offer your resources to them, which in turn helps the child. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We don't want any child to go without, you know, we understand. And again, the Chrysalis project, is yes, it says what the mission is, but what if, you know, we get a child, we don't know all the situations that are coming into the organization. And if we see something, again, we are not specialists in every area, but if we see a need that's so critical, we don't want to lose a child because of a need. But if we can connect with the parent and they can say, yes, I need this or I need that, we will find a way to fund that situation. Because our objective is to make sure that that young lady remains whole and do whatever we can to make sure that that happens. And how do people learn about the Crystalis Project? Is there a way to get in? Is there an application of some sort? Or are you working with a certain group? There is an application, but we also we really partner with the schools. So we know how many young ladies we want in each grade. So we want the schools to be in that area where they are fun, they are supporting. So I would say this school can give me an eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, you know, so they know that, okay, I'm working with the Chrysalis Project and the guidance counselors know that, okay, I have this young lady that 
would do well in this program. She needs support. So we work with the schools and the mentors run into people all the time that know young ladies that would benefit from the program. So, you know, we deal with underserved young ladies. So we always have an opportunity to get young ladies to come in. Very rare. I think since I've had the program, we've lost two. One moved away and the other one had a situation that was really bigger than the whole organization, but the parent, again, didn't want to work with us or allow us to support her in that vein. But other than that, you know, we don't turn anyone away. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So Leanna, how, let's go back a little bit. How did you start the nonprofit? Like, what's your advice to others who have ideas like you have and had and really want to help through an organization like yours? How do you even start? Well, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I just knew I was, <laughs> was going to help. It was my goal to help one young lady. So, you know, they call me a connector. And I make sure that if I know you can cook, I know you can bake, I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry. So what I did was I have, you know, a dear friend, Donna McPherson, who has her business as a CPS says, you know, I read a little bit about this 501c3 and and it's something that I want to do. Can you help me put it together? So she helped me put that after I got the name, she helped me put it together on paper And then, you know, it comes the part of going in and make sure that you get your tax exempt information. She handled all of that for us. And then Rutgers supported us by doing the bylaws for us free of charge. So they have they have attorneys there that do the bylaws for you and they send it off to the state to make sure that's okay. And then, you know, I found women like minded from Celebrate Women Celebrate You that also saw the need to support the women, the young ladies of the community, and they volunteered their services. So it's just getting people like-minded to believe in your vision, your dream. It may not be totally realized yet, but just the idea that I wanted to make sure that the young ladies in my community were given an opportunity to be the best that they were created to be was enough. Now, everyone don't have that luck, but I was blessed enough to have women that believe that it was possible to make this happen. Mm-hmm. So they've been with me seven years strong and picked up some men along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Congratulations. Can you just give a little bit of advice to those who mentor young women? Like, what's the best piece of advice you can offer? Be honest. Be caring. That's, you know, you're giving of yourself to someone that needs it. And if you're going to do that, honesty is critical. And find a way to create that bond. I mean, we have some mentors that when I hear the young ladies talk about them, I get goosebumps because they say, I'm so glad that they love on me the way they do. They look out for me. They check on me. So create that bond and that friendship that nothing can cut. You know, and I am just in awe of what these women, when they say, oh, yeah, I have a mentor, I have a friend. They put those two words together. You know, I have a mentor and I have a friend that I can talk to because a lot of them, as we all know, you can't tell your mama everything. Um, And some (laughs) things are important to know and to figure out. And 
you know, for them to say, oh my God, I have a friend. Be a friend and be loving to these girls or poor boys and be honest with them. You know, don't give them pipe dreams that, you know, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, this is going to happen and you know it's not going to happen. So Mm -hmm. be on Mm -hmm. and love on them. I think those two things are, they're proven to be amazing in the time that I've had my girls. They've been really speak volumes. Yeah. Well, this is just amazing. It's so great to hear someone seeing a need and just stepping outside of even their comfort zone. Since you said you weren't really clear how to do this, but you knew it was a mission you had to accomplish. What's next? Well, my mom passed away in 2020 unexpectedly. And, um, you know, my mom raised us to understand that when it's your time, it's your time. But in the moment, you you live every day and don't say I'm going to do tomorrow, whatever. So when she passed away, I said, well, how do I, I'm my mother's daughter, how do I keep this light burning? And I'm laying in the bed and it just came to me. Oh, well, you know, create a candle company. You know, she loves candles and she loves flowers and, you know, do that. So I created, my mom is the only one that calls me by my middle name. And my middle name is Lou. And I have seven siblings, but none of them ever called me by my middle name, only my mother. So I created a candle company called Love of You, the letter U from Lou to represent my mom. And I do candles and diffusers. And the percentage of that goes back to the Chrysalis Project. So life kind of everything is the Chrysalis Project. So for me, my what next is to continue to reach out in whatever ways I can to make sure that these young ladies continue to be funded. And I think that Love of You will do that in its own way. And it's already doing that. So I'm excited. And it keeps me busy because it allows me to meet a different group of people that I can tell about the Chrysalis Project. And that can one person that received a candle, she had a 501c3 and I sent her a candle And she learned about the organization and she is going to fund us $20,000. So wow, that's fabulous. Fantastic. Candle company is going to do amazing things. I feel it. I see it. I hear it. Yeah. Claim it. (laughs) Claiming it because Mm -hmm. I, and, and little, so many little pocket of things have happened that is going to allow me to pour back into the Christmas project. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Congratulations, Leanna. That's great. That is so great. And so deserving. Like I said, I've seen your work. I've attended your events and they are not only beautiful, the girls are beautiful. They are just wonderful, amazing. And, you know, it's good to know that our future is in good hands. Yeah. And thanks to people like you who do serve as excellent mentors. Thank you. And so when you plan your next event, if you need some MCs, (laughs) T and I are here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Leanna, thank you so much for joining us today and talking with us about the Chrysalis Project and the importance of mentoring our young girls. Like I said, you're doing a fabulous job. Please tell us how we can find you, your website, email, all that. Okay, you can reach us by chrysalisprojectinc.com. 
You can reach us by email, thechrysalisprojectinc at gmail.com, or you can reach us at 908-566-6402. Well, thank you so much. And if anyone wants to get involved, please reach out to Leanna and she can certainly let you know how you can contribute and help with mentoring and supporting her program. This is just something that's needed so much in today's time. So it's so great to hear. And for our listeners, remember to follow us at Black At It, The Next Adventure with Gail and Tia. Make sure you find us on Instagram at Black At It Podcast. Join us on Facebook at Black Added Vibe Tribe. And there we have some conversations and let you know what episodes are coming up and what events we may be hosting. Be sure to listen to all of our episodes on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, or Audible, and really any type of podcast platform you can find us. You can even Google us, for goodness sakes, and find us that way. (laughs) So we are everywhere. And of course, if you want to reach out to Gail or I, Go to blackaddedadventures at gmail.com. This has been wonderful. So excited to speak with you today. And everyone, talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Leanna. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks, Tia. Thanks, Gail. Mm-hmm.